Good morning and welcome to Cedar Valley Online. It really is a joy to gather together and worship our most amazing God. Well, now that summer is finally here, some of you actually may be watching us from a little bit of a greater distance than you have in the past as you have opportunity to pack up your family and head out on vacation. What we'd like you to do is as you take photos of the, that incredible scenery or some fun activities and as you post them, tag the church so we can all see what Cedar Valley is doing as they're out and about this summer. The other thing, what would summer be without a kid's VBS at Cedar Valley? Well, sadly, we're not going to be having a large crazy gathering of kids here in early July having fun at VBS. But our sister church, Crossroads in Chilliwack, they have organized a virtual VBS and you can participate online by going to cedarvalley.ca where you can register and you can be a part of a great at-home VBS this summer. I would like to take a moment now just to encourage all of us in our giving to the church our offerings, our tithe. It's a way that we worship as we contri contribute to and as we support the ministries of the church. And we want to say thank you so much for your sacrificial giving as we support the work of God in this community through the church. And as we consider our giving, let's pray. Why don't we take a moment to pause and talk to God. God, we want to say thank you for the glory of this day that you've created. You had us in mind as you created the wonder of this day, the beauty of this world. And as we anticipate getting out and experiencing and enjoying so much of your wonderful creation, God, allow us to always be mindful of your creative hand and your thoughtfulness of us every day. God, we thank you for our families, our ability to gather for worship, even as it's a, a bit of a distance. But you are here, you are present. Allow your great love that you have shown for us to move us forward and also the examples of that great love to those people we come into contact with. God, thank you that you receive our tithes, our gifts, our offerings as we give to the church, as we give to you, so that your word may continue to go out amongst the community, being an encouragement, and people may be drawn to you as their God, as Jesus Christ, their Savior. So as we continue this morning, we are grateful for what you provide, your presence with us, and our opportunity to worship you in this way together. Amen. And it is our prayer that you would continue to feel God's blessing as we gather through this time of worship. Well, in just a moment, we're going to have some singing led by Arden and Brianna, then a great kids Bible story by Pastor Rob, and then a very insightful message by Pastor Grant on the heart of worship. But just before we get to that, there's one more thing I want to say. Kids, starting next week, there's going to be a story time some great books are going to be read by some of your favorite Bible adventure teachers. 
And you can check this out by going to cedarvalley.ca and you'll be able to participate and hear the stories and watch the stories that are being read each week. And with that in mind, here's your question. What is one of your favorite books? So all of you who are watching this, you can start typing in and let us know what's one of your favorite reads. And or if you're sitting close to somebody, then share with them as we prepare to continue in worship this morning.
All right, hey, Cedar. <laughs> Let's say Cedar Valley. Wait a second. I'm just going to take this. There we go. Okay, there we go. Hey, Cedar Valley kids. My name is Pastor Rob. I'm one of the staff here at Cedar Valley Church. You've already seen Pastor Doug this morning. Uh, he welcomed all of us to church online and shared some fun things we're all going to do as a church. And right after me, um, Pastor Grant is going to be sharing a teaching with the adults uh, on worship. And that is a word. Worship. What, is, what does that even mean, right? Well, let me ask you, actually. What do you think the word worship means? Tell the adults in the room with you and get them to sort of respond for you online if you can't do it for yourself so that we can have a little bit of a chat about that. And while you're at that, uh, I'm going to sing a little worship song just to help you along. Uh, a song that I sang a little bit before another, another kids uh, online thing that we did. And here we go. It's um, Jesus Loves Me. Here we go. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so, little ones to him belong. We are weak, but oh, he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Okay, you've had a little bit of time to come up with some answers there on what is this word worship? What does it mean? Here are some answers from some other kids. Um, they said worship is telling God you love him, showing God how much you love him, uh, praying to God, sure, singing songs, learning about God, uh, believing in God and talking about it, and giving things to someone special. I think... These answers are really good answers, actually. Maybe they were some of your ideas, actually. There is one thing that I've noticed about all of these answers, though, and that is they're all actions. Think about it. Telling, showing, praying, singing, learning, talking about what you believe. And giving. So... It sounds like worshiping God isn't just sitting around in our pajamas watching church online while eating a bacon and pancakes, is it? Mmm, bacon, pancakes. It's a great place to start, though. Great place to start. To learn, to pray, to sing together. But we can worship anywhere. We can tell people about God, show them His love by loving others like He would. We can pray anywhere and sing anywhere, like even in the shower, really. We can talk about people or talk with them about what they believe, about what we believe. And we can always and everywhere give. This is what Pastor Grant is going to talk about today with the adults. That people can get a hint of who we worship 
by watching our lives. So here's my challenge for you today. To give. Give something to someone or say something to someone or do something for someone. And here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to go get a piece of paper and a writing stick. That can be a pencil, a pen, a crayon, whatever you like. And I'd like you to write down or draw a picture of something you can give somebody. Maybe it's it's a toy you're not using anymore, but you know a buddy or a brother or a sister would love to have it. Maybe you could give some of your time to draw a picture for someone who's not feeling very well. Maybe you could phone someone and tell them what you're learning about God, or maybe just call them to cheer them up. Maybe you could go to a neighbor's house to see if there's any work that you can do for them. Maybe you could make cookies with someone and give some of those away. It's, it's fun to worship. So I'm going to write down what I'm going to give on this offering envelope, just to be ironic. Now there's a word. Okay, go get a piece of paper and a writing stick and then share that with your mom or dad or the parent or the adult in uh, your room right now and let me know what you did. Okay. All right, 2014, Brazil, one of the biggest international soccer tournaments in the world is underway, the FIFA World Cup. Also, one of the first times that I have ever really bothered following the sport um, or watched the World Cup or really gotten involved anyways, um, but it's because early on, Team Germany was killing it. They were just winning straight through with huge scores, like nobody could touch them. and being one of my uh, heritage countries, uh, my mom's side of the family is German, so I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll jump on that bandwagon. So don't get me wrong, I'm not a hardcore fan. Don't quiz me on any of the stats. I know like a few of the goal scorers from that year, but I got involved, I cheered, I jumped on the bandwagon. I was fully invested along with a huge majority of the rest of the world that year and for most of the FIFA World Cups. And the world, as we, as we were watching and cheering, we got introduced to a bit of a phenomena that came out of the Brazil FIFA World Cup that was this thing amidst the crowds of 70,000 people in stadiums cheering and going on there's this sound this buzzing humming kind of sound that just emanated from the stadiums you could hear it in the uh, neighborhood surrounding you could hear it for a while it was in every single news reporter's uh, mic feed and the stadium was just a buzz with this noise and it what what it was was a mix of cheering and this the vuvuzela yeah that's pretty much it so fun and not the first time ever that the vuvuzela was ever brought out but it just seemed iconic that year it was just this noise and what it was was thousands and thousands of people passionately cheering for celebrating yelling and exclaiming their identity in their team their desire for success everything they wanted to come out of that game and it was such a powerful noise it just 
it drowned out everything that was trying to happen. Technology struggled to amplify calls in the stadiums even. It was this massive noise that happened. Vuvuzela, fun horn, makes lots of noise. Today, we are talking about the noise we make in our lives, uh, especially as Christians, we're talking about worship. So we're wrapping up this series of Psalms that actually last week, we were supposed to wrap up, but I said, no, I've got more to say. So we're really wrapping up the series on Psalms where we've taken a look, we've gone through the book of Psalms, which is actually just the book of songs without a silent P in it in the Bible. Um, and uh, just a collection of 150 songs written in the Bible, split into five books, uh, no consensus, consensus on exactly why those divisions are there, uh, but they do give us some structure to help read through. And what it is, what we learn and gather in general from the Psalms, as we've looked at specific stories in the past months, or looked at broad sections, is that they are an emotional, poetic expression of the followers of God. And even more, the writers bring everything from their lives. The writers of these psalms, they bring everything from their lives and experiences, their highs, their lows, their celebrations and their anger, their testimonies and stories of God at work in their lives. And they bring that into these expressions, these songs. And they're designed to be relatable to us, even thousands of years later, for all of our life experiences. And even more so, what's happened is we're looking at Psalm 149 specifically being a song that starts off with the statement to sing a pray uh, to praise the lord and sing a new song and what we're given is the fact that yeah there's 150 songs recorded in in there psalm 149 the second to last one tells us that to not stop there in fact praise and worship is something that has to keep going on in our lives and we need to keep bringing that out and never just we should never just settle on just these recorded things and compartmentalize into our life but we need to keep creating new worship in our lives so it's an emotional thing we're creating new worship in our lives and we also talked last week a little bit about how music specifically is one of the ways that we worship as Christians, as a church. It's something that's kind of become iconic to us, how it accomplishes emotional creativity in our lives. But it's not just exclusively lined up to that. We can worship in every aspect of our lives. I've seen people do it with wrenches underneath a car. I've seen people worship behind a computer. I've seen people worship in a park. I've heard of people worshiping while gardening. I've seen people worship in just dialogues with their best friends at a coffee shop. So it's not limited to music. But it's something we did focus on. And I'll apologize a little bit too. It's something that as Christians, we kind of forsake the fact that worship is more than just a genre of music. So it's part of our language a little bit, but it's a much bigger topic. It's very broad. In fact, the definition of worship is simply to give something value or to express adoration or reverence for something, specifically a deity, in our case, for God, the God, the creator of the universe. So Psalm 149, here we go. The very starts, if you got your Bibles, open it up. I'm not gonna have the text on the screen, it's too small to really see, but open up Psalm 149, about halfway through the Bible and generally split the book open or hit up an app, search Google, open up a new tab if you're on a laptop. 149 starts off and we're not gonna get much further than we got last week, but it's the huge important point that we just need to dwell on. So praise the Lord and sing to the Lord a new song. And it goes on, praise him in the assembly of his people. See, where we talked last week, sing to the Lord a new song, something that has to keep going in our life and it has to be an emotional and creative experience. Now we have a clear image that we're also meant to worship communally. 
with other people in our lives, people around us. Uh, we're, as much as we're called to create worship in our lives, and we're supposed to do that emotionally, we're called to worship and sing these new songs communally. So here's an example. Have you ever wondered about national anthems? Like every country has an anthem, provinces, states have sometimes anthems or poems or slogans that are stated for them. Um, even some towns, schools, organizations, have you ever heard of the Walmart chant? It's a real thing, seriously, search it up, it's funny. Not right now, wait till the stream's done. The Walmart chant's real. Um, I've often just thought historically, you know, we can read history books and imagine like the times of conquest when explorers and settlers were creating these new places, military leaders and generals and politicians were setting boundaries, identifying and defining countries and geographic locations for towns and cities. And then they sit there and thought, you know what we need? We, we need a song. Yep, that's the thing we need for this place. And it seems just so bizarre. Uh, and But what it is is anthems give us a unity, a sense of collective uh, single direction focus that we celebrate together. Every hockey game or sports game we go to professionally that'll have an anthem start off and you know we stand respectively, often silent for a while as they sing O Canada and then usually by the last repetition of O Canada we finally are bought into it and we sing along and there's this collective excitement that joins all of us together. And what's happening there, that model uh, is actually communal worship that's happening in anthems. And we're called to worship God together. And it gives us a common language to, to focus on, but also it gives us a reminder of what we're really gathered here together for. Because see, in our minds, we can create all these different excuses and ideas and really just selfish focuses for what church is about, what being a Christian is about. But then when we have times of worship, when we look at the Psalms specifically, when we look at the worship songs we sing at church, when we look at the creative acts of worship we do in our lives, they're focused purely on emotional, heartfelt outpourings to God that often just line us straight back up with His core message of His love for us, His desire to have a relationship with us, and our part in the, the working of His plans in the world. So you might be saying, but Grant, because of COVID, we can't gather. So why are you telling us this? It makes no sense. Now, here's the thing. You have already been gathering, worshiping in your home separately. That's why we do this service at 10 o'clock. Uh, Arden and Brianna just led us through a couple of worship songs. You might be gathering one, two, five, a family around a laptop in your living room. Uh, or even if you're just separate, but you actually join together, not just physically. The point of gathering together communally to worship isn't just to hear each other's voices, but actually to be united on the same path. And actually, I'll just throw out a plug there too for if any of you are joining in regularly on our streams and you're watching by yourself, we are slowly expanding and increasing um, uh, a watch party of viewer, a viewing that we're having on a large screen here at our church. So get in touch with us. Let us send us a message if you would like to be part of that. Um, like I said, you know, if, it, if you're watching by yourself, we'd love to give you an opportunity to join with a few others safely and spread out as well in a clean, safe environment. Um, but yeah, anyways, so I'm convinced though with COVID, like, yeah, we can't gather physically in a building, but I'm convinced that God's using this time to teach us a lesson because so many of us have probably become victim to the fact that we've kept all of our worship 
confined in a building for one hour a week and we've actually forgotten how to worship during the 167 hours of the rest of the week how to worship in our homes at work on our commutes uh, on the streets we've forgotten that we've actually completely compacted this idea of worship into just this one little section in a building and so God's saying here is a lesson you have to learn get outside of that building learn to worship in your own life and so now you're worshiping at home through this live stream you're worshiping when you're calling your friends or people you even miss from church or your neighbors who you probably haven't talked to forever i myself have found that i'm now talking to my neighbors immediately next to our house more than i ever have because we're just straight at home and i don't have the reason to go somewhere else to remove myself from culture and that's why the apostle paul tells us all the time too as christians as witnesses of god's testimony you can't just remove yourself from the world and think you've got a better message than everyone else you have to be immersed in the world that you're set in, in the world of people who need to know God's love too. Anyways, I'm going on tangents. So it's not just about hearing each other's voices. It's about being communal with each other, having the same focus. Just catch up myself up on the notes here. Um, and it's also about focusing on what we're singing about gives us a direction for what we really long for in, in our lives. Um, I had a friend once tell me that he was very upset with worship music that we sing in churches because the lyrics are often so far reaching. Like we can't live up to that expectation. They say crazy statements about how absolutely convicted and convinced we are how much we'll serve god for everything in our lives and he's like so i don't sing those things i only sing things i can agree with and i challenged him on that though because i said that's not the point of worship music is just to say a truth about what you know there's actually evidence for in your life it's something that we all sing when we gather together uh online here in our homes and we sing these worship songs that we're saying this is what i want this is what's in my heart god that i want this relationship with you and we do that all together it would be, you know, when we sing a national anthem, like even O Canada, none of us are in the military standing on guard for the country. Well, some of us, my bad, some of us are, but not all of us who sing that whenever we do sing that. And yet that's a statement that we're saying, yeah, all together we are in support of this as a community. So that's the whole point of worship. It gets us aligned to God with what we really hope to be ha happening and with what's true in our hearts. So we worship together. Whether we're gathered in person, we can hear each other's voices, or we're at home watching online at the same time. And by the way, the Holy Spirit, God exists outside of time. So the delays, whether you're watching it beforehand, I'm recording this during the week, you're watching it on Sunday, I'm watching with you myself too, which is super weird. The Holy Spirit exists outside of time, so we get a bit of coverage for that exact time frame thing, but we're still worshiping together. But it also has to be something that's out loud. It can't just be internalized. It can't just be hidden for only ourselves, for us to experience worship in our lives. Otherwise, it's not communal. It's actually just a selfish thing. King Saul in the Old Testament was criticized massively because he just took worship to say something that he just needed to do all by himself and he didn't follow what God had actually set in place for worship to look like in his life and got in massive trouble for it. So worship needs to be out loud. And it's an external, passionate way that we tell the whole world, people in our lives, our family, friends, and neighbors, what is important to us, what we value. And even more so, it tells the world about who God is. There's an amazing story I love in the book of Old Testament, 1 Samuel, which has many accounts of God's people in, in battles over and over again, specifically with the Philistines. 
and there's this account that starts off at the very beginning where they're in this battle that the Israelites are in battle with the Philistines and they can't win. Like the army is so much bigger. And so what happens is the Israelites kind of rally themselves up and uh, they bring the Ark of the Covenant and they start worshiping and praising. And in fact, their worship and praise is so loud, it terrifies the Philistines to the point where they almost leave and they almost take off. The worship of the Israelites was so powerful it communicated everything about the might and power of God, everything they valued. Now, the problem that specific story was um, there's so many other things going on with sin in the Israelites. Like they actually lost that battle, but they came back even another time with their hearts realigned a few chapters later, worshiping properly with their hearts properly aligned towards God. And the overwhelming noise and presence of God in that terrified the Philistines and, and destroy them. They left, they took off and the Israelites won as they were in retreat. That's in 1 Samuel chapter 7 if you want to follow up that story. But what I'm saying here is the fact that worship is not just something that's for us selfishly. Worship out loud communicates testimony. It's evangelizing. It tells the world about who God is, what we value. And it, it also tells a lot about God. In that story specifically, too, what we actually see is this bizarre thing. So many religions and worldviews and philosophies uh, on our planet give us a sense that in order to win wars and win battles, you need to train. There's religions that have martial arts skills attached to them or battle plans or special weaponry attached. And here we see this amazing thing illuminated about God. What he uses as a tool to win wars and to win battles is music is singing songs and chanting. He directed his people to march around a, for, a fortified city for days on end, singing and praising and blowing trumpets. That was his method of accomplishing his plan. Man, God's weird, but so good. He uses worship and music as power. Here's, here's probably a terrible example, but just... Uh, Excellent illustration about how passionate worship influences the world. Uh, I have a friend I used to work with back in construction, a guy who um, came to work one morning saying that he was up late last night. He is on a bit of a YouTube bender watching just different videos that kept getting suggested. And eventually he got onto this like flat earth theory video stream. And he's like, I've watched hours of this stuff, man. And the thing is, this guy came to work that morning, a, a converted man to this worldview and the reasoning he said to it is he said man i don't know i've never seen a scientist speak passionately about the way that you know they will tell us the world is by facts but this guy with the flat earth theory and then went to hollow earth theory and aliens and whatever he said but this guy had passion man like he talked about this thing like he is truly convicted way more than i've seen the rest of the world and i thought man you know what most christians still use an excuse that we need to learn more and have better arguments and we need the right things to say in enough setting and 30 years of experience before we start telling people about who God is. And yet this guy was con convinced his whole worldview and understanding of the earth that he lives on shifted because of passion alone, right? How many times in the world do we do that where we're just honestly underwhelmed by things that are important to us in our lives? Passion alone transforms the world. It's the same reason why countries get led astray by a poor leader, why cults happen with uh, deranged leaders who can abuse and manipulate people because they shoot passion towards that. If we had that kind of passion for our God, the creator of the universe who loves us, imagine the place the world would be. 
do your neighbors feel the love, your love for Jesus Christ coming off of you because of your passion for God, for the church? Or are you just known as the truck guy, the guy, you know, whether it's Ford or Dodge or Chevy, whatever, do they come to you for that purely? That's your passion. Or are you the foodie or the movie buff who can tell the world about, you know, the best movies that came out on the weekend? Do your day-to-day conversations, your the things that you produce to your family and friends and neighbors include what is important to you, what you value? Is God part of that? So here's the thing. Here's the takeaway. Really take a look at worship in your life. Not just the worship on Sunday mornings on these streams, whether it's in your homes or at the church here. Take a look at worship in your life. Does it come out in your hobbies? Does it come out in your work, your passions? Do you create worship in your job? Ask yourself whether, uh, ask yourself if people can see worship in your life coming coming off of you. And you know, in fact, here's the thing, really ask your friends, family, and neighbors what they think is important to you and start making that list and see if that list lines up with what you think in your head is actually important, what you value. See, worship unites us. It aligns our hearts together towards God. Worship is also an outward testimony and honestly a powerful evangelistic tool that can transform communities, transform people's lives. When they see what you're passionately thrown head over heels for, they're going to wonder why. When they see your life thrown towards Jesus Christ, they're going to wonder why. They're going to ask, who is this Jesus Christ that you worship that way? It tells the world so much about who we are and what we value, but also so much about who God is. So I'm just going to end this off with prayer. And uh, thanks for joining us again this morning, Cedar Valley. God, this is heavy because, you know what, for myself, God, I, I realize that the worship in my life sometimes is compartmentalized or it almost looks branded in a certain direction. But but God, you know what? Here's the thing. I know for myself and for people who are watching this, God, for people in this church, Cedar Valley, that you are of utmost value to us, God. Whatever barriers we have put up in our lives that we think we need to stay hard and solid or just stern at God that prevent us from worshiping emotionally, from dramatically, God, from pouring our hearts out into it, I just pray that you remove those from our lives, God. Help us identify whatever blocks us from just spewing out our love and adoration. And God, our highs and our lows, our full breadth of emotion towards you. God, I, I pray that your Holy Spirit is guiding us and leading us in amazing worship, God. That our worship in our lives can be a testimony that it can change our family, friends, and neighbors' lives. Simply by just seeing how much we love you. God, it's amazing that these are the tools you choose to use in our lives, not warfare, God, not battles and fights, God, not PhDs of learning data and facts, but music. Oh, you're a wonderful and surprising and challenging and good God. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Thanks for joining us, Cedar Valley. Have a great week.